Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And my guest this week is a musician who has been described by Led Zeppelin and Talking Heads producer Chris Burkett as Canada's Jeff Buckley. Please welcome Mr. Jordan Paul. Jordan, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me, man. No problem. Excited to be here. So I, I don't disagree with Chris. As a matter of fact, he, he's actually coming in here today, too. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, you know Chris. I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guy. He's a really good guy. Uh, and he gave you that accolade, which is pretty special. But he knows what he's talking about. He's produced Sinead O'Connor and Talking Heads and so forth. Yeah, and, he's done and, some great work. Yeah. I am a huge fan of Night Moon. When I heard it, I, I played it again. I played it like three times. And I, I, this is a special song. I really, really like it. I think you've really got something here. Thank you, man. You brought your guitar in, which is fantastic. I did. So if I'm lucky... You will uh, you will play Night Moon for us, sure. And then uh, maybe we'll do your second single, Rain, after we go through all your songs. Is that cool? Sounds great, man. Awesome. Okay. Well, anytime right. you're ready, man. Go ahead.
brilliant, man. Thank you very much. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for playing that. Of course. That is my new favorite song right now. Thank you very much. We were talking about the video for that song. And and folks, you can get that on Spotify or uh, download it from Jordan's site, wherever, you know, it's, it's all over the place. But grab it because it's amazing. The video for Night Moon. You actually did that video yourself. Yeah, I put it together. I didn't film any of the footage, but it's a collection of public domain footage and old NASA footage and yeah. stuff from the space race, et cetera, that I've compiled and tried to tell a story with. The way that it's framed and sequenced is just perfect for the song. Thank like you. It's very kind of ethereal and, and really kind of sets the stage. Like I love it. Yeah, I thought it really fit the mood. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. Okay, so in terms of uh, you playing... You played uh, North by Northeast on June 15. Yeah. So where can we see you play after that? I've got a show uh, on the 22nd. Okay. At Say What. Oh, wow. Over in the East End uh, with a band called People Walking By. Okay. And then I've got something August 2nd at Hughes Room, which is a songwriter showcase. No way. I love that room. So I'm looking forward to that one. But yeah, I'm definitely going to come see you for sure. Awesome, man. Okay. So let's get into your tunes here. So the first one is uh i love this david bowie five years from ziggy stardust yeah so tell me about that oh it's just incredible that opening that drum intro as soon as it hits it just mm -hmm. for whatever reason it brings me into another world like it's puts me on a different planet and i'm right there and then the lyrics are just so biting and amazing and there's yeah. something about that song that's so moving and the passionate delivery that's it right? yeah it's just incredible by the end, you know, he's just yeah, at yeah. the top of his lungs, just yeah, screaming it out. It's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. It's the perfect kind of lead off for that record. Yeah. It's such a great record. Moon Age Daydream, like Ziggy, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick, man. I uh, it was it was tough, you know, when um, you know rock stars musicians pass away, it's tough. But when David Bowie passed away, I think it was really tough. Yeah, that was a big one. I think for a lot of people, he just I don't know. Yeah. Touched so many people, so many lives, in many different ways, too. He stood for a lot of different stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's such a genius, like across genres. He was, yeah. yeah. And not just music. I mean, his outfits, his image, everything. Yeah. Encapsulated every everything with his art. Yeah, absolutely. I think he lived it, really. He really did live it. Yeah. Bob Dylan's next. It's all right, Ma. I'm only bleeding. And to me, that's... That's Dylan's lyrical peak, I think. There's yeah. something about that song that it's one of those songs, it's about, to me, everything that ever was and never will be. It's that mm -hmm. completely universal and spiritual. I think even he talks about that song as being sort of his pinnacle. Or Oh, really? I, I yeah, he, he mentions it in a couple interviews that I've seen, and it's just, I don't know, the live version, for some reason, there's one particular live version, you can find it online, and he's... Mm -hmm. He's wearing all black, I think, and it's very dark, and it's just the spookiest version. It's otherworldly. It's amazing. Yeah. Much better than the record version, in my opinion. Uh, that's the case oftentimes, I find. You know, yeah. if you can get a really good live version, and oftentimes, you know, performers like Dylan, they're, they're much better live than they are in the studio, too. Yeah, I've, I've always preferred live to studio stuff with most artists I like. Dylan's definitely one that you know, he goes somewhere else when he plays live. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sharon Van Etten. I don't know anything about this. The song's We're Fine. Yeah. So she came out with this record called Tramp, which this song is off of. Okay. And I think 2012, don't quote me on it, but it's so somewhere around there. 
And the production of that whole album has been a huge inspiration for my music. Oh, cool. And she's recently found, I think, a much bigger following in the last few years and had seen billboards around with her on it, et cetera. Okay. Before that, I think she was relatively unknown, but mm. I think she's one of the best modern songwriters, in my opinion. She's unbelievable. She indie, and, folk, pop. Yeah, kind of alternative. Yeah rock a bit of folk in there it's it's, it's singer songwriter stuff okay where is she from she's from the u.s okay I, mean, I couldn't tell you where but she's just incredible i find it such a moving song just something about the way the acoustic guitars sound and there's this really ethereal electric lead mm. it's it's beautiful worth nice. worth looking into i'll check that out i'll definitely check that out for sure love this guy elliot smith everything means nothing to me yeah. Lyrically, obviously, beautiful. Yeah. And Elliot Smith is just, just genius. Yeah. And that particular song, I think the the build-up of the drums, if you know the part I mean, when the drums first enter, yep. to me, that's probably my favorite moment in music. Really? When that hits, and I just wish it was 10 minutes longer. <laughs> for whatever reason, it I don't know, it suspends time completely for me. Really? It's beautiful. Yeah. How did you come into Elliot Smith? Honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure. I rem- I remember how. Mm. I got into Elliot Smith maybe in high school. Okay, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I really got into that Figure Eight album that he recorded at Abbey Road. Yeah. It was, you know, I've always been a big Beatlehead, so it was yeah. a little bit Beatlesque, and yeah, you know the tragic story, obviously. Of, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shame, yeah. You know, he was almost like um, Nick Drake in that way. Like, he really felt it. You know, oh, yeah. you could hear that in everything that he put out. Yeah, they're two of my ultimate favorites. Nick Drake, too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brighter Later is one of my favorite records. Yeah, it was great. I even liked some of the posthumous stuff that they came out with. Yeah. Was yeah. it uh, Five Leaves Left? Or? Was it? Yeah, because Pink Moon, I think, was either his first or second record, and the third one was Five Leaves Left, mm-hmm. which was uh, recorded after he passed away. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, Fruit Tree was on away. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Amazing musician. Yeah. Super authentic. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. Uh, Radiohead is next with Paranoid Android. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think Radiohead's probably. I don't know. To me, they're the greatest modern rock band, mm. I think. And that song is sort of their pinnacle. It's a bit of a magnum opus. I think it's, dare I say, it's their a day in the life. It's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, it's their... I would say, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's their one of their most amazing pieces anyways. You know, Radiohead is a lot of things to a lot of people, I feel like. like you know, and the reason why I say that is because in Rainbows, which came out much later is a really great record, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But, you know, I mean, OK Computer, The Benz, just amazing content and amazing material. Yeah, everybody likes something different. So I was a big fan of The King of Limbs, yeah. which oh, is really? an often yeah. overlooked record. But yeah. for whatever reason, that's the one that has sort of stuck with, with me. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's funny about Radiohead, right? I mean, the music isn't super variant, but... Different albums mean different things to different people, which is very interesting. Yeah, King of Limbs, eh? Yeah. Wow. See, I thought In Rainbows was like that. Nobody seems to really pay a lot of attention to that record, but that's the one that that I will go to first all the time. Yeah, I fell in love with In Rainbows and The King of Limbs because they did these live from the basement Mm. videos. You can find them online. Mm -hmm. They're on YouTube, and that just put a totally different dimension into 
the music for me for those albums and that's yeah. almost what brought me closer to the king of limbs really is to watch them do that and i'm not sure how much veracity there is in this but i think the story goes with the king of limbs is a lot of it was recorded based on loops they had created mm-hmm. and then they had to spend almost a year or something just to learn how to play the record after recording it so that they could go out and tour it <laughs> wow. so to watch them pull it off it's just incredible in this that's uh, really i'm gonna have to check that out yeah that's really cool uh i don't know this one either death in vegas and help yourself yeah this song interestingly enough was in a skateboard video when i was a kid and that's how i fell in love with a lot of music was i was exposed to it through skateboard videos which you know a lot of the skaters would curate their own parts in terms of the music and all that and they were really showing kids around the world like some really incredible music from you know every spectrum of music and this particular song for whatever reason just hit me somewhere Mm. special and it still does every time i hear it and it's got you know this beautiful string part mixed with some sitar that comes in on this build-up and that was one of the things that inspired me to start playing indian classical music and play the sitar wow really and all that was actually that song and uh Fun fact, that particular song has Hope Sandoval okay. on vocals, yep. who was in the band Mazzy Star. She yeah. wrote Fade Into You, yeah, which has almost made my list. Okay, That yeah. song as well, but I had to go with this one just because it's got a special place in my heart. Okay. Very cool. So you play sitar. I do, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm learning anyways. It's one of those things I think you have to play for a good 50 years just to, <laughs> just to claim you can play, you know? <laughs> They say the joke is Ravi Shankar couldn't even play sitar. <laughs> <laughs> so good segue into your next tune. It's not. Yeah, it's not Bhairav. Okay, and and it's uh, an ancient. Uh, it's not particularly ancient itself, but the rags that make it up. It's a combination rag. So there's two different pieces that have been tied together okay. to create this piece. Yep. And it's uh, Ragnat. Okay. And Bhairav. Okay. And Nat is very ancient, and it's maybe only been sung a couple of times. Wow, really? And it's not necessarily ever performed on its own anymore. It's kind of become archaic. Okay. And Ravi Shankar actually gets credited to creating this rag or this combination. Whether or not that's true, it's sort of ambiguous. But I find it incredibly beautiful. It's got this... A sort of heroic exuberance tied with this sadness and this longing. Yeah. And it's very odd mood you get from it. And how did you discover this? So this was actually taught to me by my guru, wow. who I'm learning sitar from, and it, he learned it from his guru. Okay. And his guru studied with Nikhil Banerjee. I don't know. Who him. is one of the famed sitar maestros who was actually in the same lineage him and ravi shankar studied under uh aludin khan oh wow wow that's great yeah it's odd how i came upon this particular this particular teacher and my first sitar yeah uh believe it or not it was on craigslist okay someone was selling a sitar and i think they had it for maybe five hundred dollars or something okay and i thought Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell this guy my story. I don't have a lot of money, but I'll just, I need to have a sitar. Mm-hmm. And I felt like everything was pulling me towards it. So I reach out to this guy and he says, 
you know, I read your story. I was going to sell it to someone who was going to use it as a decoration. Mm. But seeing what you wrote here, you know, I want to give you this sitar. That's awesome. But you just have to come learn with me. Ah. And it was a sitar actually built by his guru. Okay. It was slightly broken, so it couldn't hold the proper tuning, but it was the perfect starter. And then that was my first foray into the world of Indian classical music. No way. And then I had another sitar given to me. I was actually performing at Hughes Room. Okay. And that was with the, it was Song Studio was this summer songwriters workshop that I had participated in. Is that with uh, Blair Packham? It is, yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the two week period that it takes place in, there's a show at Hughes Room. And I got asked to play. Yeah. And it was Rick Emmett and Topher Stott and a yeah. few others in the backup band. Yeah. There's this one gentleman, uh, Steve Goldberg. And he had had a studio, and I performed some sitar at the show. And he said, oh, yeah, I had a, a friend give me a sitar years ago. It's just been, you know, sitting around in my attic or whatever because I haven't known what to do with it. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple years later, he calls me up and he says, I'm going to be in Toronto. Meet me at Starbucks. And I thought, uh. okay, <laughs> that's strange, but... I'll do it. And I did. And sure enough, he had a sitar with him. And he said, here you go. No. Have it. Gave it to you? And that's my current sitar. That's amazing. Yeah. It was so incredibly awesome. That's so really great. for that. Wow. Yeah. That's a good story. It was pretty neat. That's very cool. So, you know, I didn't know that you were part of that uh, songwriting circle with uh, Blair and Rick and, and Topher. Yeah, I've done it two or three times in the past. I haven't done it in a few years, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things sort of... Gets you over the hump and inspires you to write more songs. Definitely. At the end of the year and about halfway through, you go to this thing, you're around other songwriters, you're doing it every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. And I met so many awesome people there that yeah. I continue to work with. Chris Burkett being one of them, actually. That Oh, really? He was there, too? We connected too. through there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've got two songs available now. There is a third one coming out. What's it called? Yeah, it's called Gentle One. Okay. It's coming out. On the 28th of June. Okay. Just actually working on a music video for that right now. Cool. With a dancer from here in Toronto. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I think it's going to be really awesome. Tomorrow we're shooting that. Oh, cool. That's great. And so now talk to me about albums versus singles. So I, I'm i a big albums guy, but I understand how you know the model works today that sometimes it's not worthwhile to put a a full album out and oftentimes what bands will do is they'll just release single after single after single well i've definitely always been an album person myself and that's the model that appeals to me Mm -hmm. and i recorded an lp so these songs that i've released are from a forthcoming album but i'm just sort of experimenting with the release strategy right now just seems with streaming and all that the single release strategy seems to yeah. be the most beneficial in terms of, you know, catching people's ears and, you know, they're bombarded with so much music that to spend an hour out of your day when there's so many other things you're involved in to listen to a record, it's unfortunately for a lot of people that time's non-existent now. Yes, you're right. So that's why uh, why I've done that. And I know I'm going to do these first three singles. Mm-hmm. And then I'm probably going to release the rest of the record in the fall. Good. I will say good because I want to hear it. You know, when it, when I discovered Night Moon, I scoured the internet for anything else that you'd put out. Oh, awesome, man. So I was really, you know, I was looking for that record. But I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's coming out. 
It's, yeah, it's to, coming. Is it going to be called Night Moon? It's going to be called Already Gone. Already Gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So these first three songs I'm treating as an EP at the moment. So okay. I'm just going to, that's called the Night Moon EP. Perfect. I like the cover for it too. I saw Thank it on, you. Uh, on your Bandcamp page. Yeah, a friend of mine, he's got a company called Thurston Co. Yeah, so out of Texas. He's oh. Irish originally. Okay. And he had done some work for the Flaming Lips and a few others. I think he, he found me online and said, oh, I was really inspired by this one song of yours I heard and had some ideas for artwork. Mm-hmm. And he came to me with a couple different pieces. And I thought, this is fantastic stuff. I've got to use it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we've since become friends. So. Awesome. That's cool. Okay, so uh, how about playing another one? Absolutely. Want to play Rain? Yeah, I can do that. Awesome. Take it away, man. I've got a secret I think that I'll keep it All to myself I'll tell no one else I've been living in fiction my own self-inflection Keeps weighing me down I fear I might drown In the rain, 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 rain to get high I can't sleep at night confined in my head watch the world go on by through the
are an extraordinary talent, my friend. Well, I really appreciate that, man. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome back anytime. Definitely. Thanks, Brent. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming in today. That was awesome. So again, Hughes Room. Hughes Room, August 2nd. August 2nd. Yeah. So folks, check out Jordan Paul on Spotify, on Bandcamp, on the internet, everywhere. Check this guy out. He's a special talent. All right. This has been Brent Jensen and No Sleep Till Sudbury. Until next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.